Blog Talk Radio. And Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, December 21st, 2010. Welcome to the show of sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, and my sixteen partner is David Gomez, a.k.a. Daily Grind, a.k.a. DG. All right, DJ, welcome aboard, everyone. This is Pure Gold. Before we get going tonight, folks, DJ, tell us all our listening fans how they can reach us on the Internet. Well, first of all, now that we'll be taking callers, the phone number where you can dial in will be 714-364-4721. Once again, to call in and share your info with us, share your opinions and all that other good stuff, 714-364-4721. You can also reach us at puregoldpg at yahoo.com. That is our official email address. We have a Twitter, puregoldpg. Our YouTube channel, once again, Pure Gold PG, sensing a pattern here. You can also reach us at Facebook if you look up Pure Gold PG. And last but not least, Joe and I both write articles for SportsRages.com. Uh, we've written several articles there, so you can check us out. Joe, what do we have on tap for this evening? Thanks, PG. Um, before we get started, I just want to remind the audience that we have promised you a night of uh, basically wrestling and recaps of TLC pay-per-view, as well as the Raw recap of last night, but after Sunday's local football games, we have to change the agenda just to, short, just to start the show, folks. We'll have to go into football to start, and then we'll get into wrestling, only because we probably had what you could consider the single worst loss in Giants franchise history. DG, it's all yours. Uh, folks, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, there's three Ds that I've come up with. I actually wrote an article about this short one. It's on Sports Rages. Demoralizing, disastrous debacle. The New York football giants disgraced their fans. They disgraced themselves. They disgraced Wellington Mara. May he rest in peace. What they did on Sunday was nothing short of a pure and utter collapse. You mean to tell me that with eight minutes to play in the game, you're up by 21 points, and you somehow, some way, find it in the bottom of your gut, or should I say lack thereof, to cough up 28 straight points. That is almost unheard of. JV, I don't even know. That that loss was so terrible, I can't even begin to explain it. Um, I know you're a Jets fan, and I, you know, I know you're, you're watching the game. It just, I don't know. It, it was so bad, I can't even put it into words. That that last offensive series where the Giants went four and out, almost cost us the football, made no progress, made no attempt, no ability to even get uh, a first down to get close for uh, for time to try for a game-winning field goal. That, that's disgraceful. It's just the, the Giants should have. They had the game in hand. They should have. They should have won. They didn't. And you know, it all goes down to the the fact that they couldn't stop Michael Vick. JB, what do you think? 
Um, you're, you've hit on all the good points there, DG. And uh, let me tell you, as a Jet fan, a long-time suffering Jet fan, this is a typical. This would have been a typical Jet loss, but to have the Giants lose in the way they did is just unbelievable. I was watching the game at a friend's house, and you know, uh, and like DG said, they were up 21 in the fourth quarter, and somehow, some way, they were able to cough up the 21-point lead. And not only that, uh, last play of the game, punt to Deshaun Jackson in the middle of the field and give the guy an opportunity to run back to win the game, and that's exactly what happened, it was probably the single most worst loss in Giants franchise history. The shame of it is, I was watching, I was actually at Chili's with uh, my wife and uh, with our family, and, you know, it happens to be playing at the bar. Well, I just don't understand that Deshaun Jackson play when I saw that kick, and then he muffed it, he couldn't even catch it straight. I'm thinking, all right, well, this is easy. Giants will stop him by going to overtime. But, no, not only does he evade everyone on the team, he – what I thought was a bit disrespectful, he goes out of his way to go around and put his arms out and then run into the end zone. I don't think I've ever even seen that. He should have been fined for that play and should have taken the touchdown away. But unfortunately, Giants coughed it up. Um, like I said, JB, that, that, that last series was just a killer. You know, they couldn't stop Vic. They couldn't stop. The defense was tired. They were worn down. But the fact that they couldn't even get anywhere near field goal range, they couldn't eat up the clock at all, was just unforgivable. I tell you the truth, they should. Matthew should be gone. Uh, Coughlin needs to watch out. This team is just, you know, they had destiny in their hands. They let it escape. Now I have no clue. They need to win the next two games. Can they? Yes. Will they? Who knows? Well, well, Eli Manning had a closed door meeting on Monday, and I'm not sure how helpful that's going to be, considering that you know Eli is not not a vocal kind of guy. Um, he's a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's the kind of guy that you're going to listen to after that kind of demoralizing loss. Um, another thing I didn't appreciate, I mean, um, I know that if, uh, as a Jeff fan, if Rex Ryan ever, you know, basically went out onto the field after the game and asked his kicker in, on national TV in front of the football audience, you know, why did you kick the ball to him and why didn't you kick the ball out of bounds? I think that was a kind of a display of uh, unprofessionalism. I think Coughlin could have waited until... He got into the locker room to ask that, and I understand emotions run wild and, you know, are heated. But, um, you know, I just thought that was very unprofessional for him to do that to his kicker on live TV. I think you said it, though, Joe. Emotions run wild, and Coughlin was pissed. You know, he's a fiery type of guy. The team just, you just can't. That loss is unforgivable. It's the type of it's the type of loss that if they had come earlier in the season, it could have devastated them for the year. The fact is they've only got two games left. They have to win. It's a must-win situation. We'll see where it goes, but enough about this disgraced, disastrous, you know, debacle. Let's get into a little jet talk. So we we were both wrong in our picks. Unfortunately, um, I would have loved it if, if Joe was wrong and I was right, but that didn't happen. So, Joe, take it away with the Jets and their big win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, you know, after two losses, uh, one to the, the Patriots in New England and then one to uh, the Dolphins at home, like who would have actually thought that the Jets – after all the talk about Walgate and, you know, cheating on the sidelines, who would have ever thought that the Jets um, the Jets would actually go into Pittsburgh where they've never won before and actually beat the Steelers? Granted, the Steelers are banged up, no Palomalu, but they were able to gut out a, you know, a 22-17 game, had to wait until the last play of the game to figure out if they were going to win or not because, you know, Roethlisberger, typical Roethlisberger drove them down the field and basically, you know, was one play away from winning the game. But 
unfortunately the last pass was incomplete. Jets pull out a victory, and now they're um, you know they're one win away from making the playoffs, albeit not a one or two seed that I had hoped. But again, you just want to get into the playoffs, obviously, and take it from there. So DG, it was a big win. Um, not the same old Jets because the same old Jets would have crumbled like a cheap suit. Uh, we won, and now we got to play the Chicago Bears. I, I get the feeling that we're going to beat the Chicago Bears. You know, I, I tell you, as a Giants fan, uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. You know, obviously we've been friends for many years, so when when the Jets do good, uh, I, I get pumped up. My dad's a Jets fan also. Um, but the fact is that the Jets came through when they needed to. The Jets, who I really didn't have much confidence in, they they showed me and they showed the world that they, they can play with the big boys. What we've been discussing, you know, for the past couple of weeks, what always concerned me was their lack of uh, – their inability to score points against good teams. Basically, the games the Jets have lost, they've either been shut out or, or you know, not scored more than, much more than a touchdown. So the fact that they can go in there into Pittsburgh, like you said, never had won, regardless of who was on the field. It didn't matter if you were quarterback in the Steelers. They went into Pittsburgh. They never won. That You know, Heinz Field, they got the job done, and, and it was a huge win for the Jets. And, you know, you said it. You got to be confident. It is. You can't think same old Jeff. I mean, they might go out and, and lay a goose egg, or they might go out and just torch the, the Bears. So you got to be confident right now in your team. And the Giants, as we said, they they have a not a do or die situation, but basically, you beat the Packers, you're you're in the playoffs. If you don't beat the Packers, you got to pray the following week that you basically you know beat the Redskins and then you know somehow get in with some other wins and losses from other teams. So. I know we're supposed to get that's one call, right? Part. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, Joe. Uh, I was going to say, that's the frustrating part, but they had Jetson in their hands and they let it get away. And uh, it's just not, not not a good look for the Giants. Not a good look. They need to win and get the job done. And You know, both of our teams might be in. They both might be able to, to get the job done. And I see that we have a caller on the line, so let me take that right now. Hello, you're on the air with Pure Gold. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing? Who's this? This is Dave. This is Victor. Victor, uh, where are you from, Victor? Uh, I'm from Boston. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Taking your Patriots fan? I'm a Patriots fan. I'm here to uh, console the Giants fan, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that would be me. Unfortunately, what did you think about the what did you think about the the local teams on on Sunday? Uh, the New York local teams, well, I think that the Jets definitely had a big win on Sunday. Um, you know, I don't know why everyone jumped off the bandwagon after two games. <clears throat> I mean, they had a pretty good season all the way up to the Patriots game. Granted, you know, they they got blown out, but, you know, the defense is still there. And I don't know why, you know, our friend Joe here picked against them. <laughs> already jumped off the bandwagon. Are you back on, Joe? Are you back on the bandwagon? Hey, I'm back on, baby. You got to admit, though, Victor. Right? I hear the question. Did you? Sorry, Victor, I have the question again? Yeah, go ahead, ask the question. Go ahead. Uh, I just thought, uh, you know, you had some more. Um, I just, I thought you had said something that I had. You know, I got cut out for a basketball second. I believe Victor asked about the Bears this weekend. Yeah, what do you think, Joe? You think you think the Jets are going to pull off another win in Soldier Field? 
Um, I think that the, the, the Bears, from what I I think I know, have pretty much locked up the three seeds, so I don't know what they have to play for. Uh, can they still get the two seeds? Uh, very difficult, but um, I, I could see the Jets going into Chicago and, yeah, beating the, you know, beating the Bears. No time. Now, Victor, um, what about your team? What about the Patriots? How are you feeling about them? Well, feeling good. I mean, you know, I think... You know, I don't, I don't know if you guys listen to Sports Radio in Boston, but, I mean, everyone here is already printing out Super Bowl tickets in Dallas, which <laughs> I don't think. I think that's a little too soon, if you ask me. I think our defense is still a little suspect. If you guys watched Sunday night, the Packers were moving the ball up and down on us. So I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, I'm still worried about the Jets, still worried about the Colts. And definitely the Ravens come with the face of the Ravens first in the um, the divisional round. That's not that's not an easy team to play against. So I think it's still wide open in the AFC. Yeah, definitely. Uh... Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely some good uh, insight on the Patriots. I I, I definitely think that. Um... They're, they're the team to be reckoned with, at least in the AFC right now. But, uh, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played, so we'll see. Uh, the playoffs, you can never predict, obviously. We know what happened in 2007 when the undefeated Patriots, you know, lost to the Giants. So um, we, we do have to cover other topics tonight, uh, Mr. Vic. So, um, you know, call in on Thursday if you want to talk some basketball. That'd be great. Sounds good. All right, man. You guys have a good night. All right, Vic, thank you for calling in. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Well, we just want to thank Vic from Boston for calling in uh, with his insight, as, as JB was saying, on the Patriots and all things football. Some good stuff there. JB, you want to you want to segue into our uh, what was supposed to be our main topic? We have about half the show remaining. You want to get into that? Yeah, I mean... TLC was Sunday night, and it was a pay-per-view. I mean, the last couple of years, I'd say, these pay-per-views have not been worth buying. Um, and this, you know, this past Sunday was another pay-per-view that I definitely wouldn't have spent my money on. Um, yeah, sometimes I do chip in with a couple of friends and we'll watch it together, but this is definitely not a pay-per-view I'm not, watching, you know, buying on my own. Um, usually I'm just a WrestleMania or Royal Rumble type guy. But, uh, you know, Sunday night, you know, some highlights. Dolph Ziggler retained his uh, IC title. I mean, DG, uh, was that an accident that he retained his title? Well, from what I read on the dirt sheets, uh, Ziggler was actually supposed to catch the belt in midair when it fell down, the problem being that he was a little slow to get to the ring. So when he, by the time he got in, it was on the floor, so he just had to pick it up. Catching it in midair would have been great. It would have been a bit more dramatic, but the fact is they've never gone with that type of ending for any ladder match in the WWE, I'm sure the, the Indies have done that plenty of times, but the whole ruling was that the first person to have control of the belt, and as we know, it's always been somebody unhooking it, holding the belt, falling off the, the ladder, but uh, Ziggler retained it, and it was a good match, and, you know, they're trying to push him. He fought Cena last night on Raw, and he's fighting him, you know, he's fought him tonight on SmackDown as well, which is live, uh, by the way, but, um, yeah, so the, there goes the IC title match on Joe and I. Uh, we're talking about this earlier today. The big match for me, aside from the world title matches, but this this is a match that surprised us both, where John Morrison defeated Sheamus to be the number one contender from the WWE title. Uh, 
JB, you wanna you wanna chime in on that one? Well, just just explain to me how the King of the Ring, which they've had, they only had a couple of weeks ago, how the King of the Ring basically automatically becomes the number one contender for the title, then goes on to the pay per view and loses to Morrison. I mean, how does that make any sense? See what uh, you and I have discussed, and and you know, for our listening audience out there. Back in 2002, Brock Lesnar won the King of the Ring, defeated RVD, and he got a world title shot at SummerSlam against The Rock, which is, ended up being his first title reign and The Rock's last uh, title reign. But that was big because that's the way that I feel the King of the Ring should be. It should be done in the summer, not randomly in the fall, because that's what they've been doing the last couple times they've had it. But it should be done earlier and get us a, a title shot at SummerSlam. But getting back to Joe's point, Sheamus we both agree should not have won the King of the Ring, but they booked him to win it. He beat Morrison. Morrison should have lost at the pay-per-view beforehand, won the King of the Ring, and then if they want to make him number one contender, yeah, win on Sunday. But he should have been the King of the Ring. Sheamus, two-time world champ, King of the Ring, should have been number one contender. Now, I don't even know where he goes from here. JB, uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I was going to say, DJ, like, fancy booking-wise, I mean, I think you would have taken this more than anything. Wouldn't you have taken... Basically, Sheamus losing to Morrison if, like, Triple H came back and somehow cost him the match. Not to lose, to lose clean is just really bad. What about, like, you know, Triple H interfering and costing Sheamus the match and then they sell their fight at the Royal Rumble? Well, it was the, uh, it was the um, match of the night. You know, the ending, they said, was pretty, uh, pretty innovative, you know, from everything that I read from all the other reviews. Um but, yeah, I, I would have booked it to have uh, Triple H come back, cost Sheamus the title. My, my, I, have, I have a problem with this whole King of the Ring Sheamus thing. We have other things that we have to discuss. But the fact is that Triple H calls himself the King of Kings, which, you know, is stupid on many levels. But point being, that's his name. Why does he have to he automatically feud with the King of the Ring? Sheamus put him out of action. I don't know if the WWE has a thing called continuity. Sheamus put him out of action. Trips should be feuding with him automatically no matter what. The moment he comes back, Sheamus didn't need to be King of the Ring. I think he's wearing a stupid suit. He looks like a uh, cross between, you know, Batman and, uh, and an elf. So, uh, I don't know. I agree with you. Booking-wise, should have been trips. Uh, looks like he'll probably cost him at the Rumble. I don't even know where they go, JB. I don't know. know. I, I, I don't know where they go either. I guess they want to give, you know, the Miz another, you know, another contender that they can, he can beat at, the, at a pay-per-view because I, I don't really see... The Miz, they're building up the Miz to be a, a you know not a one month flesh in the pan world champion. So I think somehow he does retain over Morrison at the Royal Rumble too, because you know it's just the way they're building the character right now. So um, maybe they want you know Miz to be a couple of these guys that you know are beatable and then move on and then lose at, at either WrestleMania or maybe even Elimination Chamber. I'm not sure where they're going with it, but you know the product is so bad and you're right, there's no continuity right now. So you know, you, you, you can't make sense of it all. I mean, you can't. I honestly, I can't imagine Miz going into WrestleMania as the champ, so I don't see this being a very long title reign. Uh, I was telling you today that I think Morrison has what it takes to be the, uh, you know, a main eventer. Putting him in a main event at, at one of the four big pay-per-views, the second biggest pay-per-view, really, it's huge. It's going to give him a big push. Him and Morrison, uh, him and Miz, excuse me, that's going to be a big night for the two of them, former tag team partners. And, uh, you know, he beat Orton twice on Sunday, technically, uh, which is, you know, our, our next little topic of discussion as we go into that. But I can see Morrison staying on the main event level, and I think this is going to help him get there. But this title reign has got to come to an end at Elimination Chamber. There's no way I don't see Miz going into uh, WrestleMania, biggest show of the year, as uh, 
a WWE champion. But uh, speaking of which, he beat Randy Orton twice for the title. The match was restarted when the referee saw that he had been cheating, you know, with his, with his uh, you know, man crush, Alex Riley. And then he went back and beat him again. Orton's hurt. We all know that. Uh, what do you think about that, JB? you think that uh, Miz is going to go around bragging how he defeated a great Randy Orton two times in one night? I mean, uh, I know you're harping on this, you know, beating Orton twice, but um, I, I don't see it being a big deal. I don't think they really mentioned it on Raw last night, so how he beat him twice. Um, the fact that he beat him once is just enough to for him to go over. So uh, basically, you know, Beating him twice is just as good as beating him once. I, I don't see the point. I mean, what do you think? You think that beating him twice showed that the Miz is a legit champ now? I mean, what do you think? I don't think it necessarily showed that he's a legit champ, but Miz is all about talking smack. That would have been a great point. Again, lack of continuity. That would have been a great point to just bring that up last night. Him against Orton, you know, talking about how he beat him two times in one night by the title, technically. You know, that title match, whatever, we, we predicted that Miz would win. But, um, you know, going on to the, the World Heavyweight Championship, we were both a little dumbfounded. Why in the world, can you explain to me, JB, why in the world is Edge the World Heavyweight Champion? Of, of all months, yeah, it's DLT pay-per-view, but why give him the title now? Yeah, I, I don't get that one either. I mean, me and you are big fans of Kane. We think he's the most loyal WWE employee, and we love the fact that he had a five-month title reign. But he should have found a way to retain that title again. Uh, at this pay-per-view. I mean, it makes no sense. Unless unless Kane is hurt or something that we don't know about, there's no way that Edge should have won that title last night, uh, on Sunday night. I, I agree. I don't think that Kane is hurt. I haven't read anything. Uh, but what they should have done, and again, you know, we can fantasy book all we want. Uh, we'll get into that at some point in the future. Kane should have retained. It, it, was, it was turned into a fatal four-way. Kane easily could have retained and then go on to feud again with uh, with Edge, keep the feud going without Paul Bear into the Royal Rumble. I mean, if they were going to take the title off and take it off of him at the Royal Rumble, not at an off-month pay-per-view. Kane held it about five months, probably. Uh, long overdue. Should have held it more. Um, you know, but it is what it is. It's WWE. Edge is now champion. I mean, I love Edge, but, or shall I say, uh, Jason Worth. But, um, you know, maybe since uh, he signed that monster contract with the Nationals, they wanted to give him a ten-time uh, title reign, you know, to go along with it. I mean, who knows? It's very possible. What do you think, J.B.? I mean, there's so much to talk about. Obviously, we can't cover it all tonight, but Edge is now, what, a 10-time world champion? Yes, yes, he's a 10-time world champion, which is insane. Uh, he should have been sure. a three-time world champ, but, uh, you know, we, we can get into that. We can do a whole night on uh, title reigns and the ridiculous nature of them in, in wrestling nowadays. Yep, but DG, explain this to me. In a pay-per-view that, to me, was just subpar in total, how do you make... John Cena versus Wade Barrett, your main event, when your pay-per-view is called TLC. How does that happen? It's easy. It's easy, JB, because it's the WWE and they do everything backwards. The fact is that Cena Barrett in a chairs match, what the hell is a chairs match anyway? Both guys get to use a chair? Does that mean that you can't use a chair in any of the matches? I mean, it's ridiculous. I never heard of a chairs match until the, the TLC pay-per-view last year, but I digress. Last year, the main event was... Uh, DX against uh, Jarrett Show for the World Tag Team titles. You know, that was big, title unification, all that other stuff. That was good, but you're talking about main event players, three of the best on the planet, and then the big show was, was very good in his own right. But this year, Cena Barrett made no sense. Why that's the last match, no idea. In a chairs match, no clue. Explain this to me as we segue from this into, into Raw, you know, for our last few minutes. 
John Cena annihilated Nexus week after week after week after week, beating them at every turn. And now what? Nexus didn't even appear in Raw last night. Are they done? Are they finished? I mean, we both love Wade Barrett. We think he has a monster upside. But explain that to me. The whole storyline was butchered. It was, it was classic. He could have turned out into Cena as a heel, which we both wanted. But putting that aside, JB, what do you think? How did the WWE manage to mess up this, you know, their long, their six month program and end with? They went out with a whimper. Yeah, I, I don't understand. They, they're in love with this. Uh, we, well, we compare John Cena to the modern day, you know, Hulk Hogan, where you know he could just take on like five people and beat them all. I, I you know, I think that, like DG said, they butchered the Nexus angle, and now they didn't even show up on Raw the next night. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. This this group was supposed to be a powerhouse. They took out so many different people. They took out Vince McMahon, uh, to, you know, the biggest name in the company, basically, you know, the owner of the company. He's supposedly in a, you know, quote-unquote coma because of Nexus. And, you know, I, I mean, now they've, they've really killed a, a group, a faction that really has nowhere to go now. And they didn't show up on Raw, like you said. I mean, it makes no sense. We could spend... A whole show, again, fancy booking, and I think we should do that, DJ, for our fans and audience, and maybe, you know, Definitely. our voices will be heard. Um, but that's not for tonight. Obviously, we only have about five minutes to go. So, uh, you know, Raw, I mean, segueing right into Raw, I mean, I, I texted this to DJ because he wasn't watching last night. They opened up with probably one of the worst segments I've ever seen, where <laughs> it had... They had, the Miz, they had the Miz come out as world champion, which I, I have no problem with that, WWE champion. But, you know, he had these <laughs> absurd, I don't even know what to say. He had, like, he had, he had like, the Christmas past come out and talk to him. He had the, the Christmas of present, Michael Cole, come out and talk to him on how great oh, he geez. is. And, and it, it was so unbearable. I, I had to change the channel. You know, JB, I tell you, that was almost as big of a debacle as the Giants came on Sunday. Who wrote that? I have no. I think my cat probably wrote that because it was so bad. My three, my uh, three-year-old, my uh, seven-year-old niece could have written a better segment than that. It was just terrible. I like what I do like is the fact that at the end they allowed Morrison to take a you know a couple shots with the man. He sounded semi-comfortable on the mic, which is good because we all know how terrible he is on the microphone. But he sounded pretty good. It, it allowed him to segue and him and 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 uh, needed to get into all that and then set up the main event, which was good. Opening of Rush should always set up the main event, but that whole Ghost of Christmas crap was terrible. It was, you know, I love Sam Punk and I love hearing him say it was one of the best segments he'd ever seen on Raw. But my goodness, was that bad? It, it was just, I I don't know, JB. I don't know who writes this crap. I honestly do not. I think the only thing we could, the only other thing we could take away from last night Raw was that basically John Cena defeated uh, Dolph Ziggler in a match, but then in a surprise attack was attacked by CM Punk. I, I you know, uh, that came out of the blue. What do you think? Wasn't that like one of those things that you're like, what the heck just happened here? I love the fact that Punk. Uh, I mean, I want Punk in the face, but you know, it is what it is. He means he's coming back to wrestling. He's going after the top dog, which is great. Uh, the whole chair thing was nice because Cena had won a chairs match last night. And if you watch the segment where they were, uh, Cena was replaying, who cut a great promo, by the way, replaying the Wade Barrett ending with all the chairs falling on him, Punk was, was disgusted by it and he kept talking about it. So if you're, if you're telling me that Cena and Punk are going to have a little run-in at the Rumble, which, you know, maybe Punk eliminates Cena and then that will lead them to a WrestleMania um, match, 
not for the title or for the title, whatever the case is, I tell you, JB, I sign up for that right now because that would be a match that I want to see. I know that you, you told me uh, maybe seeing a taker, but I think taker's injured, so we might not even know how, how that's going to go. But, uh, you know, uh, what do you think? To close, this, to close this out, JB, before we sign off, what do you think? I want to leave it because we always, you know, we're told we're sound, we sound like negative Nellies. I want to leave this on a high note with WWE. For as bad as the product is on, you know, Monday nights or their pay-per-views, um, this week they know how to do it right during the holidays. They always have a, a show called WWE Support, the, um, you know, a tribute to the troops. They always go out to yeah. Iraq or, you know, they always do a great job uh, with that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, in yeah. that regard, I think that with their charities, their Make-A-Wish Foundation, the WWE is a great company in that aspect. I just want to say that they do a great job with, you know, the tribute to the troops every year. That's good, folks, and uh, let's wrap it up. For JB, this is DG saying have a great night, and remember to always keep it PG. Tune in tomorrow for our interview with Greg Polanco of LP Records. It's going to be a monster. Folks, uh, our contact information, 714-364-4721 to call in. PureGoldPG at yahoo.com for all the emails. Send them in. Our Twitter is PureGoldPG. Our YouTube channel, PureGoldPG. Sensing a pattern. Facebook, PureGoldPG. And we both write for SportsRaises.com. Once again, tomorrow we have an awesome interview lined up with uh, Greg Polanco, the founder of LP Records, an entertainment company. We're going to get into all that tomorrow. We're also going to talk a little basketball with him as he's uh, close personal friends with Carlos Arroyo, of the Miami Heat. Once again, have a great night, folks, and remember to always keep it PG. See ya.